Hey y'all, I'm Michaela, and you're listening to the All on the Table podcast, a safe place where we invite you to lean into the tension of diversity by holding space for authentic, hard conversations about the world around us. There's nothing off the table when we're willing to put it all on the table. And I'm so excited to be here with you today. I have the pleasure of introducing our first ever episode and the incredible women around the table, Vicki, Destiny, April, and Tava. These are people who have shaped how I think. They've borne my burdens and been patient in my growth, even in the most ignorant times and moments. Kind of embarrassing, but I think that's why we are here. <laughs> um, they're a safe place for me. I would go to war with them because I have... Um, you know, they're a safe place for me, and I also have the great pleasure of making peace with them, too. So today, I'm so excited because this has been a long time in the making. We've been having so many raw conversations, masks off conversations. When I say masks off, um, and you'll know why we're alluding to this um, later in the episode, I mean those heart masks and boundaries that keep us from opening up and being our truest selves. So this podcast felt like a natural step because in all of our conversations, um, that started happening, uh, or I, maybe the better word would be continued to happen, deepening um, within, in, within our conversations and the natural next step um, was just the podcast. And so we want to invite you to join us here at the table. We welcome you today. Um, we're learning here and we definitely are not professionals or people who have arrived, but people who are on a journey together and who are seeking to understand each other and the world around us. We want to see and be seen and we want you to feel the same way. I know it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be messy, but I truly believe it's going to be beautiful. So we welcome you. Today's topic is called Masks Off, the new pandemic. We are going to be talking about the value of challenging conversations, why sometimes we avoid them, and what compels us to lean into them. There's so many big things happening in the world right now. Like seriously, I feel like we've all experienced a trauma, like a group trauma, um, but literally across the entire world, not limited to one city or one country. And within the span of a year, we faced a global pandemic, heightened racial tension um, within the U.S. that was born out of several horrible tragedies, um, drawn out, stress-filled election to top that all off, like high school drama. <laughs> and, you know, now, like, we're in this world right now, and, like, even though some things have seemed to, you know, that we're, like, moving beyond things and the vaccine and everything, we're still all left to try to figure out what our new normal is because we know that nothing will ever be quite the same. I, I heard something the other day that talked about we're not trying to go back to the way things were. We're not trying to recreate something in the past, but we're actually all in the, in the whole world trying to figure out what our new normal is. How do we communicate? How do we talk with people? How do we have hard conversations with our family, our friends, um, our loved ones? And, and how do we really connect with people and feel seen and heard and also see and hear others? So in the midst of all this, you know, ugliness, I think that arose with all the trauma that happened, I believe things became amplified, not that it was that it was never there. Honestly, I think that things happened um, were that things that were amplified actually always were there. They were under the surface. It was kind of bubbling, but a lot of, you know, the culture is like, well, things are better left unsaid. Even some, just the peace, uh, but not real peace, but just like perceived peace because there was nothing like really 
crazy happening or so we thought because I think there was so many things happening in people's worlds but we just didn't talk about it on so many levels um we have so many levels so I think things were uncomfortably emphasized this this last season and um I think one of the biggest things that were amplified is our loss of deep connection and so yeah and so along with the pandemic I think came an attack of isolation. And I'm, I'm not talking about social distancing and you know putting a mask on, but some of those things um, I think created an opportunity for us to feel isolated um, and for us to not even connect with our deep and closest friends, even though they were a text away or a message away. Um, so to compound all of this, I, I remember walking in the grocery store um, in the beginning of the pandemic and even throughout. And it was kind of like a social experiment for me. I wanted to see, you know, how people would respond. And so I would say like, good morning. And you would just see the shock in people's face or just totally ignore, you know, ignoring me completely or even like suspicion of like, what are you doing? And this is, this is with me with a three-year-old child on my hip. And I'm like, I'm not trying to rob you. I promise. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to hurt you. I just saying good morning, you know? And so I think, um, that's just a really good, um, indicator that all of us are, you know, trying to figure out how to relate to others. So in our conversation today, we want to dive into this. Um, I know I've already said the lovely names, but I want to hear their voices today. Um, April, what would you say is the value of leaning into hard conversations? I think leaning into hard conversations is so important because it really allows you to be seen and known um, and, you know, stop hiding. And then it, I think so many times we, at least for me in my life, I've looked for outs like quickly, like, okay, this is just not going to work. But maybe it could have worked if I actually spoke up and spoke what was on my mind and gave my opinion and not worried about whether I was going to lose a friendship because there was a different opinion or because we didn't agree for whatever reason. Um, and I also think it puts us in a position to fight for covenant relationship or wow. covenant friendship like we've yes. been talking about. Um, because friendships can be really surface if nobody's talking about how they really feel or what their life experiences have been. So you were friends with people and you don't know a totally different side of them. I mean, I know I've operated like that where I've had certain friends in different, yeah, me too. you know, areas where I'm like, well, they don't know this side of me because I just don't think that they would understand. But then it remains surface. Mm. And I think in order to have long lasting, deep friendships and to be known and seen that you have to have hard conversations. What would you say covenant relationship? Like, can you define that? I think so. We we were talking about this as a group. So, you know, everyone knows that marriage is a covenant relationship. You know, when you get married, you're in it for life and you're not leaving that person no matter what, you know. Yeah. And I don't think we have that same attitude towards friends. Like we'd have that attitude. It's normal to have that attitude towards uh, your husband right. or your wife, your spouse. Um, but when it comes to friendships, it's kind of like everybody's disposable. If you're not mm, exactly wow. like me, if you don't agree with me, then we just aren't supposed to be friends. And um, honestly, that's why I think so many people cycle through friends or why they may not have friends is because um, I really think that, you know, the Bible, like if you think about David and Jonathan, the Bible really wants us to have covenant friendships, not just marriages. Uh, to your point, April, something that I have seen a lot of or heard a lot of 
um, is just like, you know, I can't find, like, I can't connect with anyone or I don't have deep meaningful wow. relationships. And I think a lot of that is, like you said, is being um, afraid to lean into that or to be known and be seen by people. And so I think even that's indicative of that, like, caution of leaning into that, you know, and not, not understanding because so many of us have had people dismiss us or, you know, one thing I always bring up about my husband, like he sees the ugliest parts of me. Right. But I know I have a security in knowing that even when he sees the ugly, like he's not gone. And I think a lot of that, that hasn't been our, our experience in friendships, like you were saying. And so you do keep that part back from you or like, Oh man, if I, if I act out or, you know, or, or, or leaning into that. And I think there's that fear there because we don't understand covenant relationship. Yeah. And when relationships are in a vacuum, because I think a lot of times you find your relationships can be in a vacuum or in a bubble. And when you have all of your relationships in a bubble, it's hard to get out of that bubble because you're going to be looking for familiarity. Most people look for familiar people. You think like me, you talk like me, you sound like me. And if you don't, then you're not even going to uh, allow anyone in that space Base. And I think that's one of the things that we have seen. I don't I don't I think it's always been there. I think um, over the past year to year and a half, it's yeah. been magnified. You see those bubbles and you see those pockets. Um, and that's how you see where the communication breakdowns have come in because of that seemingly that seemingly place where people say, well, you don't think like me, you don't sound like me, so I'm going to dismiss you. I'm going to cut you off. I'm not even going to seek to understand. I'm not even going to seek to listen because I don't want to see or I can't even hear your point of view. So leaning into that, um, how do you see somebody in a conversation, Vicki? Um, well, for me... One of the things that I had to realize is that I have to be willing to do the 80-20. Wow. I had to be willing to listen 80% of the time and respond 20% of the time or even less because I wanted to be able to see the person in front of me, not from a place of my assumption, but for who they really are. And the only way that you can really know somebody or be known is if you have the opportunity to hear who they are and to experience from that position and not from a place of where things are heightened or, or, or emotions, even when emotions come up. Emotions are not the root, are not the whole of who a person are, is. Yeah. Emotions are just something that's there that's letting you know that something just triggered. I love what you said about you wanted to see the person. Um, I'm, I'm a mom. I have two kids under three, three and under. <laughs> and so I'm all in the parenting season, you know, yeah. and one of the things that they're constantly encouraging as a parent to do is don't see the behavior, yeah. see the kid, you yeah. know, or, uh, you know, like what's the root of that. And so I love, I think that there's so much I'm learning as a parent of leaning into like what I'm trying to instill my kid, but also as an adult going like, man, like yeah. I need this, like, you know, of two of going like, man, I'm going to look past a behavior or look past a, an acting out or look past a Facebook media or like, you know, a social media post and go like really try to see that person and their perspective in the same right. way, you know, cause I think a lot of us and I, you're hitting on an emotional intelligence. I want to you know, hear more about that. But, um, I think that's what we're wa walking around with a deficit in and that we need tools. And so as I'm teaching my kid, 
what does that look like? You know, I think that we're, we need the space to do the same for each other. Yeah, that's really good because a lot of times we feel like we need to fix people. Mm. When it's really not fixing anybody, people want to be seen and and see. They want to see and be seen. And so when you're going in there thinking, when you're going into a conversation thinking that you are going to make sure that they hear your point of view and bend to Mm -hmm. your way of seeing things, then you've already lost the covenant connection. Mm -hmm. You've already lost the communication because you've already closed yourself off from hearing who they are. They might not have the same opinion with you, but it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It just means that it's different. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So leaning into that, how do you have emotional intelligence? I've, I've heard love, you yeah. talk about that, Miss Vicky. Yes. Seriously, amazing. So how how do you have emotional intelligence in a hard conversation? Well, I first heard the word from Destiny, <laughs> and when I heard it, I was like, "So y'all know me. Everybody knows that I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna search <laughs> She's it. <our> researcher. <laughs> and I'm gonna look it up." And so when I looked it up, I thought it was amazing because it says emotional intelligence is the capacity to be of aware of, control, and express one's emotions, and to handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathetically. Now, I know that's a whole bunch of big words, right? Love it. But it says, what are the five components of emotional intelligence? Self-awareness is the first one. And I thought, oh, my gosh, isn't that good? Because if you're not even aware of yourself, how are you even going to be able to lean into anybody and have any kind of healthy um, conversation? The other one was self-regulation. That's the 80-20. That's a part of the 80-20, being able to listen and not listening in order for you to defend, but listening in order for you to understand. Motivation, being motivated to here and to be a part of a community where you don't see, um, and this is something I'm, I'm getting ready to say it, but you actually do see color. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That you don't say, well, I don't see color, but you see color and it's yeah. a good thing. Um, empathy, to be able to sit in somebody's shoes, not from your perspective of what you grew up in or what you even knew or what you were taught, but to really be able to see clearly and rightly because you, because I didn't experience something doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. It just means that it was not a part of my experience, but wanting to learn. And then social skills. And those social skills can be a variety of things. You know, it could be, um, you know, being able to sit down and have a conversation like we're talking about, having a conversation without always getting your feelings hurt or 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 always having to feel like you got to defend yourself or always yeah. telling somebody they're wrong or, you know, being able to have those. So, yeah, I'm telling you, I'm, I love that. And there's so much more. But, yeah, that's emotional intelligence, right? <laughs> I, I really love that, Miss Vicki, because I think it, it ties into how to love people well. And we all want to love people well, and we want to be loved. I think that's a, a key, like a, it's part of our essence. And especially with yeah. those that we want to um, be in relationship with, want to be in covenant with, um, and have those deep connections, like even with our spouse, like no one's sitting there going, I want to have a horrible yeah. friendship or a yeah. horrible marriage. So <laughs> miss, um, you know, sometimes we miss the point altogether when we're thinking all these things, but not realizing the key component is love. Um, Tava, what, what do you think that is? Like love is the glue. I would love to hear your perspective on loving people well, when you're leaning into these sticky conversations, (laughs) 
Well, our perspective at this all on the table conversation is really coming from a Christian perspective. And so while we believe that humanity at large has the potential to do better, to talk freely and openly and honor and all of those things. I think, you know, we, we acknowledge that, but really our dependency as, as Christian sons and daughters, which what, you know, the whole fact that we are all sons and daughters of this loving God, he's not just loving, but he is love. And then as we accept him as our savior, then he's inside of us actually wanting to express himself through all of our relationships. And so, while um, the tendency can be in in Christian circles or in, you know in churches or amongst people who just acknowledge that each other are Christians and that we we would say yes we we realize we're in covenant with one another, I like what Destiny had said a little bit earlier is that we haven't really um, understood the value of going beyond surface, that we haven't recognized that covenant meant that I'm not going to walk out. I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to operate with that emotional intelligence and that I'm going to listen 80% plus time. I'm going to, um, I'm only going to talk a small proportion of that time because we value the relationship. Now, that is easy to say in a kind of pristine conversation without the struggles and the disagreements and the fact that we're two people means that we're going to have two very different um, personalities and desires. And that's beautiful. That's what Vicki was saying in that we see color. We don't just see it. We celebrate it. And so to venture out from those safe places is actually something that we believe that we're being invited by the Holy Spirit in a new way in this generation when things look the bleakest, when things look like, you know, this actually could not happen. I think it's at, uh, it's it's something that we're witnessing in our, you know, the five of us, but also we're really recognizing there's a hunger out this out there for this, that people are tired of just playing games and they're tired of feeling like they're, you know, they have to, um, they have to preface everything that they're saying by what they think the other person wants to hear or else they're going to all be in battle mode. Okay. Um, people don't, people are ready to not live that way. So that being said, we have to acknowledge that, that, um, that without this intimacy, we're not really getting an opportunity to love like God loves. Man, he sent his son to be out here amongst people and to feel all that, that um, you know, from rage to misunderstanding. And yet he's modeled to us that it is possible, but it wasn't possible you know, even with him sitting up in heaven, you know, <laughs> he comes down here and he walks with us and he faces those challenges. And now that same love abides in us. So when I, when I face uh, challenges, um, here's mask off moment for me, um, because of upbringing, I have built into me this, this uh, trigger, which is cool. God gives us, you know, the reality in our brain to know that if there's something dangerous, you either freeze, you fight, you run, you know, but um, we have to be aware of it in the emotional intelligence, knowing that just because we're having that strong emotion doesn't mean that it, it is, um, that it applies to the current situation. So I'm going to give an example in this mask off moment. Um, I recently broke my arm. 
Okay. And, and it felt like for the first several months that if I made the slightest move, it felt like somebody was trying to jerk my arm out of the socket. So as you can imagine, as all of us would do, man, we are going to protect that thing. We are going to make sure nobody bumps it. I'm going to make sure I don't make a quick move. And so many of us in our life experiences have had those, you know, crash and burns uh, opportunities. And so your brain triggers and it goes, ah, you know, if you're starting to escalate in a conversation, you perceive somebody seeing you a certain way, you know, a lot of times our brain is going to go back there and pull up, you know, an experience that went horribly wrong. So emotional intelligence means that we're going to factor that in and we're going to pause. We're going to breathe. We're going to make sure that we're clear about this is a covenant person. I I don't have to expect from them things that were, you know, happened in the past. But even as I began to venture out, I think one of the things that we misunderstand is that that one conversation is not going to normally, it's not going to be the total reconciliation. Just like my first conversation. Physical therapy didn't mean that all of a sudden I'm able to lift and move. I, you know, had to be very brave to even start making the tiniest moves. And I think to grace one another with that and say, you know, in one conversation, we are not going to get completely healed. But let's just see the value of pushing past the pain. Let's see the value of expecting that we can actually become fluid and be able to, I think, carry more together. Because I'm looking at now, I finally got permission to lift something more than a coffee cup. (laughs) So I'm like, woohoo. You know, so not to not to try to um, soften this as though it's not a big deal, but I think because we know we're wired a certain way, uh, we we can gain the courage to begin to venture out and to see that hey, if we do this, I think we're going to be able to um, the dynamic of us coming together with a few of us with the same mindset is going to end up giving strength to the body as we begin here and we're so glad for the people that are listening today because what we're hoping is that encourages them too. what I love about that too is what it speaks to as well as the seeking to understand because I think a lot of times people feel like seeking to understand is meaning that you understand me but what it is is I want to understand you Mm-hmm. And I want to understand you because I want to get to know those little idiosyncrasies. I want to get to know why, why you filter through something yeah. like that. If I don't, if we don't take the time to really get to know a person, we don't know all of those little things and those details in their lives that cause them to think and move and do the way that they do in life. Um, not taking it personally, because I think that's the other part too, because when things do happen, you know, it's like, well, it's a personal thing against me in conversation, Mm. you know, well, they're, that's hitting me that they're doing that to me when it's not necessarily that it's, it's most times filtering through something that might've happened and their defense mechanisms are there to, to protect. Most people don't realize that those, like I was referring to, earlier, those life crises that, um, that are catastrophic, those are actually soul injuries. And because we don't get a cast, because we don't get, you know, some sort of a t-shirt that says, be careful, been hurt really bad. Um, in the same way, just comparing, you know, the injury of my shoulder, I'm a hugger. And so it is so hard for me not to run up and hug. But, you know, if somebody, you know, clips me or, um, um, hits me, they don't always know that I had that injury. And they could take my response as, good grief, what's wrong with her? And it's like, 
pain, there's pain here. <laughs> and again, making the analogy of a catastrophic emotional injury. And like Vicki said, leaning in to get to find out, you know, what the history of a person is. And um, for instance, if I'm coming to talk to them and they look very serious or they, they seem like they, you know, the expression is not really um, welcoming or they're not understanding, even kind of sitting in that emotion, which you talk about destiny, um, not making quick judgments out of that, but just go, okay, what's happening here? Let's listen a little bit. Let's ask some questions. And I just feel like, you know, overall, it's going to benefit us so so much. I really love that. And I it makes me think about a conversation April and I were having the other day and just about learning one another and mm. knowing how we work in order to communicate the best with each other. Um, and we were talking and I, I was really excited about this topic. I was pretty passionate about it. And I probably sent her like five, you know, two minute long audio messages and a whole bunch of like little clippets from Instagram and everything. And then realized, wow, like, I think I may be overwhelmed. It just like the thought maybe have occurred to me that I was maybe overwhelming her with a little bit of information in the middle of her work day, you know. And so I asked a clarifying question about that. And because of the honesty that we have in our relationship, she was actually able to say like, I actually, I love the, this about you. And I, I affirm this about you. This is a great mm. part of who you are. And I also have like, a personality where like sometimes I think of things in the most efficient way possible and like how do I get to like the answer to a question in the mo the you know the b easiest way um and not like denying or like not um shirking any responsibility to figure out like the right answer but actually just two different ways of finding those answers mm -hmm. and so we had this awesome deep conversation so and knew you know she obviously didn't like delete my audio messages she listened to them thankfully <laughs> or we think you know so she you know she listened but then also I was able to go you know give her the space to be mm -hmm. who she is and know like for future reference maybe I will you know revise a little bit of my like overabundance of details and everything. And so I think that's like a good example of Such loving great. one another. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I do have a question for April since we're talking yeah. about you. Um, yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I love you. So love you um, why is it worth it? So I am still figuring out why it's worth it. Because um, <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I don't know if it is. And I, I just say that because I think that's real. I think... Sometimes yeah. you're in the thick of, um, like for me, having covenant friendships is a new thing. I was a person who was like, okay, I don't have to go that deep. Or like, this is all I want to show you because this is all I'm comfortable with. And I just thought that was normal. And I mean, I, I think in some situations it is. You can't be a deep friends with like 20 people. It's not possible. However, um, I think it's worth it be from what I know because I I know that everyone needs to be rooted somewhere and I mm. think like in especially in the millennial generation it's very normal to just go everywhere travel everywhere I want to go here I want to live here and there's nothing wrong with that for a season at all um, but I think there is a point where you need like your people you need to be rooted and yeah. I you know I'm a person who lived in transition and and loved living in transition I loved going to college and going somewhere else for the summer and then coming back. I loved moving in, moving out. Like, that was so fun for me. Um, but then I realized that the Lord was, like, rooting me here. And I was like, okay, I guess 
that's good. That's good. Okay. (laughs) That's good. But it wasn't my plan. But in that process, I realized like, man, I really love being rooted. Um, I need to be rooted here. I need to have people that really know me for once, you know, and and I need to stick around. And so for me, that's why it's worth it. And those hard conversations help you get rooted and help you have that community. Destiny, um, you look like you have something I would love for I you just to wanted add to, to this. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to tag on with that and something that, you know, Tava was saying earlier too. I don't think it's a coincidence that we have seen um, uh, depression go up in the amount that we have and mental health and like all of that with the what we're also seeing with the isolation um, and, and uh, not having hard conversations and not leaning into deep relationships. You know, I think that um, that's why why it matters too, uh, because no matter, you know, what your personality, introvert, extrovert, all this stuff, whether you're a Christian, not a Christian, like it's not good for a man to be alone, you know? <laughs> and I think we see this play out all the time. And so I think that, you know, why it matters is because we do need each other. We do need to be known by someone and we need to know others, you know? And I think that um, sometimes life experiences, I know for me, Um, with just childhood stuff and different things, I learned very quickly how to regulate, like not to be affected by what was going on or not going on or uh, other people's emotions or even my own emotions. But I regulate, I regulate out of an unhealthy place of, of not allowing myself to feel those things or, or even going like, Oh, that's not that big of a deal. I'll move on, you know? And so exactly survival. And so even as adult of going like regulation is the goal, but in a healthy way versus an unhealthy way. And you know, I love, I read something the other day talking about, again, talking to kids, but still for myself is that you can't learn to regulate something that you're not allowed to have. And so again, like learning to be like, like, it's okay to be angry, but what am I do? How am I processing that anger? Like anger is not bad. Sadness is not bad. You know, like happy is not the only good thing. Like all, like it's all good. We were all created with emotions and stuff like that. But what we're learning and I think having to process is how do we, how do we show up with one another in those emotions? How do we, um, uh, allow ourselves to fill the thing without losing connection? You know, I say all the time, like it's about, you know, connection over agreement, connection over, um, uh, uncomfortableness, you know, like stuff like that. And so, um, anyways, I just think that's why it's important, you know, and again, going off what you were saying, April. And I just wanted to add to that as well, because I think that one of the things that people have to understand when it comes to emotions is that, yeah, there's going to be passion in conversations. Um, you know, and it could be a good passion. It could be, you know, excited. You know, when you think about going on a vacation, you get excited and you're with your friends and you're planning it and everybody's excited. Well, what about when something goes bad in it and, you know, and, and, and everybody's really feeling (laughs) like, I don't want to be here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, being okay with that too. I think what we try to do when you try to control someone else's emotions, you're trying to control their responses because it makes you feel uncomfortable. And I think what, what, what is happening now is that that's been shaken up. Um, you know, I, I always hear the term new normal, but I really don't even think that there's a new normal. There is a different thing. There's a difference. There's something that we've not all been able to really lean into. And if you hear us talk about that word, lean into it, I love it. I love that whole concept because what it does is it tells you that, that instead of backing away. Yeah. 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 
You're going to fight everything inside mm. of you yeah. that would cause you to run. Yep. And you're going to lean into that thing that's the most uncomfortable because it's going to be the most beneficial. Yeah. And I think that's what's happening. You know, God, God is showing us. But even relationally, we're seeing the importance of leaning into so that healthy relationships. It didn't say relationships where everybody's going to Comfy. be on the same page. Yeah. yeah. But having those healthy relationships, it's going to be what makes the difference in what's happening culturally, not just inside the church, but outside the church too. Wow, that was I really think that that sums up the heart of of today and just what we've been talking about um, just being vulnerable and being able to really truly connect with people. Um, I love that Vicki. And I think that, um, as we're wrapping up today, I just want us all to, um, take a moment to just think about how we can be, um, changed by these conversations and these words. Um, because I think it's a living thing. It's a living thing, yeah. and I, um, I feel changed even by this conversation. So as we lean into this conversation, this is going to be a continuous thing. I'm so excited. Um, this is the first of many. Thank you, our audience, for listening. Again, we welcome you to the table. See you next time. <laughs>